Hey, this is Mia, and welcome to Friends After College. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Friends After College. It's Mia. Um, Welcome back if you are returning to the podcast, and welcome if you're brand new here. I hope you're all doing well this week. Um, I personally have had sort of another meh kind of week um, for different reasons than the previous weeks. Um, I had been having a lot of work stress recently. For those of you who work on like a fiscal year basis, especially in advertising, like end of quarter, beginning of quarter can be incredibly stressful and crazy and busy. Um, So getting through like the quarter transition, like Q2 to Q3, plus 4th of July weekend and advertising is insane. Um, getting through all that was really stressful, but I've kind of come out on the other side of that. Um, I got to see my team in person this week, which was really awesome. For those of you who don't know, I'm mostly remote. So when I do get to see my team, it's really, really fun. And it's like the highlight of my week. So that was really great. Work's been better. Um, I will say the biggest thing right now that I'm dealing with is, I'm kind of trying to figure out some different health issues all at the same time. And um, I do have friends who grew up, you know, with chronic health issues and going to doctors frequently is just part of their life and something that they're used to. But for me personally, I never had any like chronic or like serious health issues growing up. So this is kind of new to me, like going to a different doctor, physical therapist, whatever, every week is like, it's very stressful and not being able to like do all the things that you want to do. Um, like me personally, I'm trying to figure out a problem with my knee. I've got a fucked up knee and I've been trying to figure out what's wrong with it for like six, seven months now. And I just haven't gotten any answers. And that's been, um, really stressful because I haven't been able to do all the things that I normally do. And I think it'd be really interesting to do an entire episode about that, actually, about how a lot of us start to deal with health problems in their 20s. And that's not something that a lot of people have necessarily had to deal with their entire lives. And yeah, it's like, it's such a massive toll on your mental and emotional health. And I think it's something that we don't really talk about. So I definitely want to explore that on a separate episode. So this week, I had the privilege of speaking with the lovely Jordan Granger. Jordan and I both went to USC. She graduated the year before me, and we were both, we were in the same sorority, and that's how I got to know her. And during college, I would say my perception of Jordan was just that she was like the social butterfly. Like, she was friends with everybody. She went to every single social event. Um, she was like the quintessential, like making the most out of your social life in college type of person. Um, and then recently since, uh, the beginning of the year, Jordan embarked on this, um, 100 day sober curious challenge, basically where you don't drink or use any substances for a hundred days. Um, and I believe she started that right at the beginning of the year. And um, I started seeing her posting content about that on her Instagram and her TikTok, and I thought it was really cool. And um, I had sort of gotten to a place where drinking really just wasn't doing it for me anymore. Like, I've never been a huge drinker. Um, I don't think that I've ever had super problematic drinking habits, Um, but... Uh, I saw that she was doing this challenge and I was inspired by it. And I basically thought like if a really social person like Jordan 
um, can do this, then so can I. So I embarked on the challenge as well. I completed the 100 days. Um, I would say that Jordan and my sort of sober, curio- sober curiosity now looks a little bit different and we'll get into that in our conversation. Um, but it's really interesting just getting her perspective on it. She's started posting a lot of sober curious content to her TikTok and gotten quite a following because of it. And it's really cool just to sort of see her perspective on things as someone who was really social in college, who did engage in the party scene. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just been really interesting to watch her sort of like go through that journey and then also get to talk to her directly about it. One disclaimer that I want to make before we get into the interview is that I am by no means an expert on alcohol addiction or anything like that. I personally don't have anybody in my life that has struggled with alcohol addiction as at least like anyone close to me. Um, I personally don't have a history of alcoholism in my family, so it's not something that I know a lot about. So everything that I say is just my personal experience, my opinion with um, like my relationship with drinking. Um, And it's not to this is not something that's supposed to be prescriptive at all. Um, and sober curiosity can mean a lot of different things to like every single different person that engages in it. And alcohol addiction is something completely different. And um, I don't want anybody listening to this to think that I'm like trying to speak with authority on alcohol addiction because I, I truly don't know anything about it. So just want to make that disclaimer before we get into this interview. Um, but yeah, Please enjoy this incredible interview with the lovely Jordan Granger. All right. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on today. I've been wanting to have you on literally since I thought of the idea for this podcast because I've been following your sober curious journey and it's inspired me to also reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. So this is really exciting for me to have you on. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. I loved when I saw you were launching a podcast. I was super excited for you and I'm really happy. I love Sober Curiosity. I'm (laughs) happy to talk about it for hours. Perfect. All right. So if just to start, um, you could just introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about your background as well as sort of like your personal journey with friendship throughout your life. Yeah. So uh, like I said, my name's Jordan Granger and I... I'm living in Seattle right now with my partner and our dog, Cleo, Um, and I am working in marketing up here, but my personal journey with friendship has been interesting. I didn't have a ton of very close friends in high school. Um, Well, so I moved in fifth grade from here to Hawaii, and I moving is hard, especially at that age, so that was really hard. And then I had some friends and then I moved again for high school. And so started over, had some friends and had some like tumultuous falling outs with friends, um, which I think happens in high school, like pretty often. And just kind of like a lot of my friends were older and then they graduated and then I was like kind of left alone. And so high school was pretty, I felt pretty lonely Um, And then in college, I went to USC and I joined a sorority and made like 
my sister friends, like they are like soulmate friends. We literally all met freshman year rush, which was like beginning of first semester. And we joke because literally like, um, one of our friends, we, it was right after rush or, and what's, what's the day where you bid day. And so we all had our like shirts on and we, there was like one group of us. And then another group of us was sitting down and we were like, we should probably go like sit with those girls. Cause they have the same shirts as us. <laughs> like, I guess that's how this works. And so we sat down and that's like autumn and Maddie and Bella and Alexa and all those girls that I've just been super good friends with now for six years. Like literally we just had a reunion a couple months ago. Um, weeks ago, actually. Um, and so then I had just like a pack of girls who had my back all through college. We were like basically inseparable as you are in college. We like lived in all the same areas. We were some combination of roommates with each other, like the sorority, we lived in the house. And then I had our, our pack expanded and there was so many of us that are just like so close. I feel like there's people that I love so much from college that I didn't even get enough time with because we had like so many friends, which was really incredible. Um, and we ended up living with like 10 girls my senior year and we were together like literally nonstop and then COVID happened. And so that was crazy and definitely a weird adjustment of going from like constant time with my friends, constant simulation, like just having everyone there with me all the time to then being completely isolated. And I was actually in Hawaii and my family has like some history with severe illness. And so we were pretty paranoid. So we were being more on the cautious side of things. And, um, so my friends kind of like went back to our college house and they were still quarantining, but they were like quarantining together. And it was a very different vibe from like what I had. And so that was kind of like, more loneliness and weirdness that came with that. Um, and then I don't know, COVID, it was kind of interesting and like, we'll get more into this with sober curiosity, but I think my definition of like how much friendship I need in my life has really changed and it was a hard transition to like get there. But once I did, I realized like, I do have a long-term boyfriend, like we're very much life partners and spend all of our time together and live together. So I'm like nurturing that relationship. I have family in Seattle. So I have like family relationships that I'm nurturing. I'm like trying to care for myself as well. I work full time. There isn't as much time for like friendships as you know, there used to be. And so while I don't have as many like close friends with me constantly all the time, I still have like the support of all of those girls. We're still very close and I have friends up here, but it's just on a much different scale and like in a much different way, but I'm happy with it. It's not like an issue. There's no feelings of like loneliness like I had in COVID or before that. Right. That makes total sense. And I definitely relate to where you said, um, like after COVID, you've kind of reevaluated, you know, how much friendship like you need in your life and the different kinds of friendships you need in your life. And, um, obviously sober curiosity changes that a lot because it changes your whole worldview and it definitely changes your view on social life and friendships in your twenties. So sort of getting into that, um, can you tell us what is sober curiosity and sort of what got you interested in it? Yeah. So sober curiosity is, it was coined by Ruby Warrington who wrote a book, sober curious, and it's basically like 
questioning all of the things that we just take for granted with alcohol. So it's right. like questioning why and how you're drinking um, and kind of looking around and starting to question like how it's built into our society and how we're just conditioned to think that like drinking is the normal and not drinking is the outside option um, and really just getting curious. And so I like it because I was coming out of college, obviously like binge drinking a lot. And then once we didn't have that like constant stimulation, I realized like I was drinking in unhealthy ways and it wasn't really serving me. And I was drinking to like fill thing, like fill holes up or like fill gaps that I was feeling like through connection and through loneliness. Um, And it was just like for all the wrong reasons. And it was making me miserable. I have mental health issues and it was really hurting my mental health. And so I just got to a point where I was like, this isn't serving me, but I looked at the options out there and like AA also wasn't right for me. Like that's not what I felt like I needed. I didn't even think complete sobriety was really right for me. I just wanted to like take a break and see what it could be like. And so Ruby Warrington has this like follow-up to her book called the hundred day challenge, which I know you did as well. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just a hundred days of being sober and you don't drink or do anything at all. I think people do it differently, but I didn't drink or do anything in the hundred days. And, um, you just kind of like evaluate how you feel and take a lot of time doing like thought work. And in that time, I just realized that it wasn't serving me. Um, but I still, identify as sober curious because for the most part, I'm not a drinker and I don't drink, but there are times like my sister just got married and I had drinks at my sister's wedding. Um, so there are some times where I'm not going to limit myself to the label of being completely sober or being completely alcohol free. Um, but I still like track. I mean, I just came up on six months sober curious and I like identified that way. So it's just kind of a more flexible option. Um, when the path of like full sobriety isn't necessarily what you need. Right. And I think that that's like, it's important for us as much as I hate labels in like literally every sense, obviously our society loves labels. And like, I grew up with um, a dad who doesn't drink a lot, but like he's Italian. So he like grew up with wine. Like he has a glass of wine at dinner and a mom who does not drink except for like on very special occasions. And it was always like, if someone said, you know, that didn't know her, like, oh, do you want to drink? And she says, I don't drink. The assumption automatically was like, oh, she had a drinking problem in her past and she doesn't drink anymore. And that really frustrates her that that mm-hmm. is the assumption. And obviously all her friends now know that she just isn't a drinker. Um, but like having that label of super curiosity, I feel like is a great just way to like frame it and um, have an answer for ourselves when, again, like I, I feel like, I, I hate that we have to answer for it, but um, I think it's a nice way to frame it because not everybody that doesn't drink, you know, is recovering from an addiction. So yeah. um, I think it's cool, but it's also, again, the labels <laughs> are not yeah. my favorite. No, it's definitely tricky. And I think it's hard, but one of the things is like, because there's so much societal pressure with drinking specifically, you kind of right. need some barrier that you can put up with people and some sort of explanation. Totally. And as, as much as it's like, I don't want to be defined by anything or like have to explain myself if I do have a drink or anything like that. It it's crazy how important once you really do start to not drink, 
having like a boundary and an explanation because people press you so hard on it. And if you don't have a valid reason people, and like, I used to be this way completely. So like, but like, if you don't have a valid reason, whatever people deem is a valid reason, people are like, Oh, why aren't you drinking? Like, come on, just one. It's not going to do anything. Like, or like, I don't know, people push so hard on it. So it is one of those spaces where you kind of do need that like barrier. And that's one of the like gross things I've realized about drinking culture, stepping out of it. Like that's one of the things that we as a society need to work on because it's crazy. And like, it really becomes clear when you step out of it. Right. And when I did the hundred day challenge again, inspired by seeing what you were doing with it and uh, like how impactful it was on you. Um, I had that, I had that pushback. Some of my friends were like, that's so awesome. Good for you. And some of my friends were like, no, we're going to miss drunk Mia. Like I love drunk Mia, like bring her back. And I was like, okay, well, I know that you also love sober Mia. So like, why can't Mm -hmm. I just be sober at these social gatherings? And there were definitely were people when I was feeling the temptation during those hundred days that were like, oh, just have a drink. Like we won't tell. And there were also people who were, you know, encouraging me to stick with it. Um, And I feel like now that I'm a few months out of it and I just kind of told my friends, like, I'm not really going back to drinking. Like I have, my boyfriend's been making fun of me recently because I'll have like two sips of a drink and then I'll just pass it off to him and I'll be like, I'm done. Like you can have the rest. And that's just kind of how I am now. And I also realized, I think it's genetic. Um, Like my mom had this too, when she was in her twenties, like she just started getting so sick every time she drank and no matter what she drank, whether it was wine, beer, hard liquor, whatever, it just made her feel terrible without even drinking that much. And I, I think I started to have that about a year ago. Um, and it was around like graduation time. And I was like, I can't be drinking like this for the rest of my life. Like Mm -hmm. I get so sick. My hangovers are literally like put me out of commission for two days. Yeah. I can't be living like this. And, um, my friends for the most part have been really supportive, but, I think, and we'll get into this a little bit, like they definitely, it definitely does make them defensive about their own mm-hmm. drinking habits. Um, sure. So it can be kind of uncomfortable and going into that. Um, have you found that I'm, this is kind of like a rhetorical question because I know the answer, but like, ha- yeah. have you found that sober curious, the sober curious lifestyle has impacted your friendships anyway, in any way? And if so, how? Yeah. So I would say yes and no, like similar to you. Um, it's really been on me like maintaining the sameness that was coming before like maintaining the friendships and I've had to show like hey guys I'm still like down to go out and down to do all these things with you I'm just not going to partake in alcohol when I'm doing it and that was kind of an adjustment because I think some of my friends were like oh we don't want you to be in a situation where you're like uncomfortable or like it wouldn't be fun for you because you're not drinking exactly um and so there was like a little bit of growing pains for my friends to understand like what this meant for the time that we spent together But at the same time, like all my friends are very supportive. They have seen me and just know how much alcohol was making me miserable. And like my, I would have for me, like similar, I wouldn't really get physically sick, but my mental health would be at a horrible place for like four to five days after drinking. So sometimes it would be for months on end. Like I really, once I got to the point where I was sober curious, I was only really going out like once a month because it was all I could do Right. because my hangovers were so crippling. And so they know that and they know it's what's best for me, but there definitely has been a little bit of like growing pain to be like, Hey, and then there's also like, and I think this can be hard for people to realize, but 
I had friends who were party friends and like, I care for them and I think they're great, but like, I only saw them when I was out drinking and only saw each other at bars out. And so now that I'm not doing that, I see those people less, but it's just kind of situational and it's partly my fault. It's doesn't, I've had to reframe, like it doesn't have any impact on who I am as a person or who they are as a person. It doesn't mean they don't like me or I don't like them. It's really just, we were situational friends and our situations have changed. And that can be hard for like people who are being sober curious to come to terms with, but it's true. And I think it's like, it was for the best as well. Like we were talking about with managing our expectations with friendships as you grow up, I don't have enough time to maintain 15 friends right now. (laughs) So it's like, as much as I love those people, it's fine that I don't see them as often. Right. No. And I, I totally agree with that. Um, I feel like even before I, I embarked on this like sober curious journey or even thought about it or considered it, I feel like COVID and I talked about this in a previous episode, COVID kind of made me realize that, um, I care a lot more about having really close connections with people rather than having 40 people that I can call my friends and that I just see on a night out. Like I've, I've always been a kind of like small friend group person. Even when I have a bigger friend group, I always have those few people that I'm the closest with. Mm -hmm. And, um, COVID made me realize that. And then I think that, um, doing my hundred day challenge also made me realize that because it was like, okay, well, who am I still seeing? Who am I just having like a fun night in watching The Bachelor and I'm not drinking and we're just hanging out and we can talk about anything. We can literally do anything together, you know, drinking or not. Um, like who are those people and what do they bring to my life? And um, I feel like not only did that process make me reevaluate my relationship with alcohol, it also made me reevaluate my relationship with a lot of my friends and how I approach friendships in general. Um, but yeah, it's hard and a lot of people don't get it. And um, one thing that really frustrated me was one time I met some of my friends had a friend in town and similar to my mom, I said like, oh, I'm not drinking right now. And she like turned to them and was like, is she like sober? Like, is she recovering? Was she an AA? Like, and I was just like, the, why can't the answer <laughs> just be that I don't drink? Um, also but- like if you were in recovery, like why does it matter? I, right. It's so strange to me how people put, I don't know. I mean, I have so much to say about sober curiosity versus recovery and like people's expectations, but it's like everyone that has ever considered, even if it's just a terrible hangover that you have been like, oh, wow, I really don't want to drink again. Like everyone that has considered that has had problems related to alcohol. And it's like, I don't understand where the judgment comes from. And people really do feel like they're entitled to understanding like, Oh, is it a problem? And I think like you were mentioning earlier, a lot of it comes from people's own insecurities around drinking and being like, oh, well, if she had a problem or if she's opting out of drinking, I hope it's because she has a problem because right. I don't, I'm trying to excuse the fact that I'm drinking so much. And like, I therefore am hoping that you have some better excuse. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's, it has to be like either like one of the two extremes. And, mm-hmm. um, also like I don't understand why people are entitled to, if I were, if I were, you know, recovering from addiction, I were in rehab or anything like that. Like, that's not, I don't know a lot about that, but I can 
definitely say that that's none of their business. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's always like people are searching for an answer so that they can feel better about themselves. Um, totally. And kind of going into that like defensiveness, do you think that there are any like friendship related barriers or just like what are the barriers to people wanting to reevaluate their relationships with alcohol? Yeah. I mean, I think friendships and relationships is a big one. Um, I've seen a lot of people who like comment on my posts and they're like, oh, I think that my relationship with my partner will change too much. And I think that is probably bigger than the friendship one, because it's kind of scarier to like admit that not that you're, I don't know. Like, I think it's going to bring up a lot of things. If like you find out that your relationship can't withstand a hundred days of sobriety. Right. Um, so that's a big one, but I do think friendship barriers, like it really depends on the type of friendship you have. And also like your own confidence in yourself, because I think that was one of my biggest fears. Like, oh, I'm not going to have any friends anymore. Like no one's going to want to hang out with me. Like my life is going to be so different and it really can be as different or as similar as it was before. Like I still go to bars. I've still like gone to a bachelor weekend and I didn't drink. And like, I've done all of the things. Um, it just, I wasn't partaking in alcohol when I was at those things. Um, and then in terms of like, your own confidence. I think a big thing that I thought for a really long time was that my added value was like my party energy. And like, I was like, oh, I'm like the fun friend, like the yes man. And that's why people love me. And after I quit drinking, I was like, one, I'm not that person. I like need a lot more time alone. I need like more, I guess, like I need more time to recharge than I used to think I did. Mm -hmm. And two, my friends love me for a million other reasons than like blacking out on a Thursday night. (laughs) Like that is not what's holding my friendships together. And so I think it takes some time to get there, but that can be a barrier because some people can be insecure about their own value and think that somehow partying and alcohol is tied to their value. And if they lose that, then some of their value will be, they'll be like lesser, um, which was like one of the big things I learned in my sobriety. So you can't really figure that out until you're out of it, unfortunately, but it's true. Yeah, absolutely. And a big, a big thing, I think for me with the confidence factor was, um, I did feel like during COVID when we were just, you know, with a small group of people for a year and a half, um, I, I felt like I lost a lot of my like natural ability to socialize. Like if you, I don't know, if you told me that I was going to be doing this three years ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, why? Like, you know, you can go to any party and like be friends with everybody. And that's just who I was. And I'm still, that person is still kind of there, but, um, I lost a lot of that ability and that confidence in social situations. And I replaced that with alcohol and I wasn't, I wasn't drinking because I was sad. I wasn't drinking because I was necessarily anxious, but I was just drinking. Cause I was like, okay, I know that one or two drinks is going to like loosen me up. But I had the problem where once I had one or two drinks, I would just be like, well, I'm already drunk. So I'm just going to have more. And Mm. that was like why I was drinking. And it didn't really even take that long for me to realize it because once I started putting myself, myself in social situations at the beginning of those hundred days, I was so uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, this is why I'm doing it because I need to get past this. And I felt like I had a really big sort of like landmark um, indicator that I was I, like this was successful for me. Um, two weeks ago, we had a big pride party at our apartment. We had like 30 people over a lot of people that I didn't really know. And, um, over the course of like six hours, I had, I think like a drink or two. And so I was never drunk. I was never even buzzed. 
And, and those are the situations where I'll allow myself to drink pretty much only social situations now. But, um, I like, I had the time of my life. I was having so much fun and everybody was so much drunker than me. And I was like, okay, that worked. Um, I can do this now without alcohol and I can have a really great time. Um, but there are definitely times where I see my friends are, you know, they're really drunk and I'm like, oh, I would just kill for like 10 minutes of that. So that like that Mm -hmm. temptation, like definitely creeps back in. And with that, is that something that you ever feel like you miss? Do you feel like you kind of miss that party lifestyle ever? Um, yes and no. I think if I really think about it, no, because the hangovers for me were so (laughs) awful and like my mental health was so terrible. Um, there's obviously times where I'm like, oh, it'd be really fun to like be drunk right now. But there's like this thing and it's actually an AA philosophy of like finish the night. So like, if you're thinking back and romanticizing a night, like if you're romanticizing, like, oh my God, remember we were like having cocktails on the roof at this beautiful restaurant. Like that was so cool. And then you like keep going through your thoughts to like get to the rest of what happened. And like the next day, right? then you're kind of like, oh wait, but then remember I was like crippling hungover. I missed an appointment. I like canceled on a friend or whatever it is that like you did that reminded you, oh, that what, maybe that one moment was great, but like it ended up having some repercussions that I didn't want to deal with. Um, and for me, because my hangovers were so bad, I can do that with every night I went out. So like right. any fun night I can be like, yeah, but remember you were stuck in bed and couldn't even talk to your boyfriend for two or three straight days and like could barely get out of bed. Like you're right. My anxiety gets so bad that I like can barely walk and it's just right. like so all consuming. Um, and so that's part of it is like, I, there's moments, but I just know it's never going to be worth it. And I think like a big thing also now that, that I'm like older and I'm doing more is I've now built, which was my goal the whole time, built my life in a way that doesn't revolve around alcohol. And so most of my activities have nothing to do with alcohol. And so I'm never really feeling those like pangs. Um, if I have the energy, like you said, like to go out, then I go out and it's honestly a really fun time anyway. And I'll have like a non-alcoholic beer or something like that. Um, and that usually like takes away any craving I have. Um, but I've just built a life that I don't want to ruin with being hungover for three days. And that's right. like the, been the, definitely the key. Like I have my podcast and that takes up a lot of time. I really love my job. I don't want to spend Monday and Tuesday recovering and being shitty at my job. Um, and like, I'm care a lot more about my health and my fitness and I want to like be up and take my dog for a walk. And so as much as like, maybe those pings of desire for alcohol come sometimes like the life that I have is worth so much more to me than anything yeah. I could get from alcohol. Absolutely. I, I mean, I all I, literally everything you just said, I'm like, check, check, check. It's literally all of the things that I've been thinking about since I completed the challenge and, and how I've been sort of reevaluating how I want to live since then. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, I'm interested in maybe doing this. I I'm, you know, want to reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. And I think similar to what you said, like my biggest piece of advice first is sort of like envision a life where, you know, I get it, like exactly what you said, like where your life doesn't revolve around alcohol. And what does that look like for me? Um, I didn't notice like a huge change in my energy or my health when I stopped drinking, but it sort of bled into other parts of my life where I was like, okay, well now I can get up at 6am and like have a productive morning before I even start work, can walk my dog. I can like feel really good. And then second, like think about the worst hangover you ever had. And like you said, it was every single one for you, but 
um, the last time I like blacked out and had a hangover was February. And that was like what spurred me to do the challenge. Um, I like blacked out on a Tuesday night, like drinking, drank an entire bottle of wine with my friends. And um, I like got home. Um, I like didn't remember if I had taken my dog out. Like she tore up her bed in the middle of the night. Like I woke up and I could not perform at work the next day. It was so awful. And mm-hmm. that was like, that's what I think back to now. I'm like, I never want to feel that way ever, ever again. Like I felt so bad about myself. I felt physically so ill and that's kind of like a blunt way to put it to people who are thinking about it, but like think back to one of those days and how terrible you felt. Um, so kind of getting into that with the advice, like what would you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's maybe questioning their relationship with alcohol, especially people who are worried about how it's going to impact their friendships and their social life? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with both of those, like thinking back to your worst moment is a big one and being like imagine that never fucking happening again and like imagine being completely in control of yourself for the rest (laughs) of your life and that is like really helpful another one um which honestly for me as someone who like drank a lot and fucked up a lot especially in college um I had a lot of anxiety around drinking and anytime I would like it kind of like snowballed so anytime I would like cross a boundary like for example, freshman year was like crazy. I was blacking out all the time. And then I was not as bad in future years, but if something bad happened, it would like add on to all this guilt and shame that I already had from something like four years ago. Right. And so one of the biggest things for me has been like, I don't have that shame at all anymore. Like I know that that person got me to this person now. And if you had told me that a year ago, that like, I would get rid of all of that anxiety and not have any shame for how I used to act, that would have been like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like really can. And there in the beginning, beginning, there was some anxiety that I had, like I would sometimes have nightmares and I still have these nightmares sometimes that I like have a glass of wine and then black out. And like, <laughs> literally the nightmare is just like, I don't, I don't remember anything. And I'll be going around and be like, you were crazy. And I'll be like, I don't remember anything that happened yesterday. And so that still happens occasionally, but like for the most part, you can finally fucking forgive yourself from like the stupid, embarrassing thing you did freshman year, which is wonderful. Right. Um, and then, yeah, building a life in a way that doesn't involve alcohol and thinking about how, and like literally write it down, like every facet of your life or every goal that you have and ask yourself, like, is alcohol serving this or what would it be like without alcohol in it? And so a lot of things, like you were saying, being able to wake up every morning at the same time. Like I'm Mm -hmm. never, I'm, I'm a tired person, but I'm (laughs) never like unable to get out of bed or like wasting an entire day because you're hungover. Like that never happens, which then means like my health is better. I'm working out more. I'm like consistent on my goals. I have time to read. I've had time to like work a full-time job and also launch a podcast with my friend and also work out like five days a week and I'm on a rec soccer team I like added all these hobbies back into my life that for so long I was like oh I just don't have time for this and it's like no I'm just spending way too much time drinking or recovering from drinking and so think of all the things that you like want your life to look like and you want to be able to do and recognize that like alcohol is probably not getting you closer to any of those things and removing alcohol will probably get you 50% of the way there on most of them Totally. I like literally couldn't agree more. You hit the nail on the head with all of that. Um, I, I really hope that 
because uh, I, I feel like the sober curiosity stuff right now is a movement and I know and I hope that it's not just a passing trend I hope it's here to stay because yeah um I'm and I literally watched one of your TikToks the other day that's talking about how now women are closing the gap in addiction and now like I think you said the ratio of women to men who are addicted to alcohol is one-to-one um and yeah. Uh, especially women, unfortunately, obviously the world is very scary, especially for women. And, um, Mm -hmm. obviously we are not responsible for what happens to us when we, when we drink, but that's another huge and kind of sad thing that I've realized with all of this is like, if I'm never out of control, then, you know, bad things won't like happen to me. And it's horrible that we have to think that way, but it's something to consider. Um, and I'm just hoping that more people, think about stuff that way and and think about it in a just in a way of like how is this going to make my life better not what is this going to take away from my life yeah absolutely and that's like once you reframe it in your mind that way it's an easy option like once once you just do it and I recommend the 100 day challenge to anyone because 100 days is you can do 100 days like it's three months you'll survive and then you'll see how much actually can change and how much can happen in like a hundred days. Like your life can, you can be a completely new person coming out the end of it. And that's like pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I don't feel necessarily like a brand new person, but I feel like a much better version of myself and a version that I like, I like way more. Um, Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say, I think the self-love part of it is huge. Like I never had as much confidence or like trust or love for myself as I do now. And like, if you're confused and like frustrated of why you're like feeling insecure or anxious all the time, like look at your drinking, because even if you don't feel like you have problematic drinking, it really goes into a lot of facets of your life. So totally. totally. Yeah. All right. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. This was so fantastic and above and beyond what I could have expected. Um, where can people find you? I know you've got a following on TikTok with your sober curiosity content, um, your podcast, any of that stuff. Yeah. So um, follow me on TikTok. If you're more interested in learning about sober curiosity, I post all the time and that's Jordan underscore Granger. And then if you want to just be up to date on my life, you can follow my Instagram at Jordan Granger. Um, and then my podcast is called Still No Plan. It's Still No Plan Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and it's with my best friend, Autumn, who I met in college and we are like soul sisters. And then you can download the podcast anywhere that you get podcasts at Still No Plan. So thanks so much for having me. This Perfect. was super, super fun. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Friends After College is an independently produced podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at friendsaftercollegepod. See you next week.